All right, we are back. Seems like we've been kind of hard in the Sacramento Bee lately, but, um, you know, we really couldn't do this program without newspapers, without the Bee, without the Chronicle, without a daily newspaper. It would be pretty tough to keep informed of what's going on. Um, we take issue sometimes with what's on page one, but if you do take the time to read a newspaper, you usually find that the news you need is there. It may be on page A11 or B17, but it's usually there. News that you don't necessarily need, but I but I have to comment on, came from the feedback section of last Sunday's B, where Armando Acuna, the public editor, <laughs> noted that the B readership is enraged about the fact that they now have two inserts covering up the funny pages. You may have noticed a few years back that Cragen and other uh, advertisers have apparently decided that there was no better place to advertise than to put a slip of paper over the comic section. Well, someone decided that if one is good, two is better. Now the comic section is completely entombed in a couple of advertising slips, which causes some readers of the Bee to miss the comic section entirely, throw it in the garbage, and then have to go fish it out later. They're not happy about it, and they let Armando Acuna know. Wrote a longtime subscriber, Sometimes I get so aggravated I want to toss the whole paper. I can never find the comics the first time. But I love how the B points out that, well, you know what? No one saw this coming when we covered each half of the front page of the comics. <laughs> but the advice is not, we're going to get rid of one of those advertising slips. It's, no, read the paper carefully. You can see some of the letters on the comics. And here's the ultimate solution, quote, At a minimum, the paper should alert readers to the obscured comics and how to find them. It can do that with notices, both in the paper and on sacb.com. No, no, you don't take out the extra advertising that's obscuring the comics. No, no. You find a place to alert readers to the obscured comics. Oh, man. Unbelievable. We have one obituary to note uh, this week, the passing of former heavyweight champ Floyd Patterson. Patterson passed away a couple of weeks ago. He captured the heavyweight crown in 1956 at the age of 21 when he fought Archie Moore, then age 42, for the title vacated by the retiring Rocky Marciano. He was always small for a heavyweight, standing six feet tall and weighing only 190 pounds. Uh, in a routine title defense against Sweden's Ingemar Johansson, he was knocked down seven times. He, however, came back a year later to, re to regain the title, the first heavyweight champion ever to do so. Beaten by Sonny Liston, uh, Patterson challenged Muhammad Ali for the world title uh, later in the 1960s. What I always remember about him was just what a sweet guy he appeared to be in interviews. Uh, obituaries noted that uh, he was a sweet-tempered man who never lost his boyish shyness. Patterson once remarked, You can hit me, and I won't think much of it. But you can say something, and hurt me very much. And there are some Democrats out there who are determined, I think, to never win an election again. Uh, they would find, I think, a great deal of comfort in the bill proposed by Senator Sheila Kuehl here in the uh, California State Senate, who um, has a measure that will require schools to adopt age-appropriate study of people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. Supporters say passage of the bill could perhaps prompt teachers to expand a class discussion on literary greats like 
Walt Whitman and Oscar Wilde. And I suppose it may be nice to know from history that Alexander the Great apparently uh, had a lot of, uh, well, let's say, longtime male companions on his uh, his expeditions to conquer the world. And, uh, you know, it may surprise people to find out that Richard the Lionhearted was gay, etc., and numerous figures throughout history. But do we really need to make this insertion into our textbooks? Do we need this ramping up of political correctness to another level? That's for you to decide, dear listener. All right, we've got about four minutes left on the show, and uh, let's see. We didn't get to the Da Vinci Code. We'll put that off to next week or the week after. Uh, science is always good for some some good news, science and medicine, and I think no better news uh, can be found in the headlines than the following. Cervical cancer vaccine close to FDA approval. Last week, a vaccine that prevents most types of cervical cancer and the world's most common sexually transmitted disease, human papillomavirus, was recommended for approval by an FDA panel, a decision that physicians hailed as a milestone for women's health. Of course, there are some on the religious right that think uh, giving this vaccine to uh, mostly to girls between the ages of 10 and 12 uh, might promote sexual promiscuity. So I wouldn't say this is going to be clear sailing yet, but we hope that good sense prevails and that uh, we see this vaccine being given soon. And scientists at the National Cancer Institute have found that aging may be halted or even reversed at the cellular level. This study focused in on wrinkles, not not the kind on your skin, but apparently the wrinkles that show up in the walls of nuclei in old cells, which lose their perky, round shape. The weak membranes allow damaging agents to get inside the nucleus and at the cell's DNA. Well, uh, researchers Tom Mistelli and Paola Scafidi have shown that by blocking a specific protein called lamin A, they can reverse nuclear wrinkling. This could lead to some breakthroughs. Stay tuned. And the LA Times reported that a special breed of mice has been discovered whose immune system destroys tumors, and this may provide a breakthrough for cancer treatments. The mice were bred from a single mouse discovered in an experiment at Wake Forest University seven years ago. Apparently, uh, an experiment there, scientists kept injecting lab mice with tumor cells in order to study cancer treatments. But no matter how many times they injected mouse number six with different cancer cells, the mouse stayed healthy. They decided to breed the single mouse and found that all of his descendants were also cancer-free, no matter how many times they were injected with tumor cells. It's believed that a specific gene or set of genes gives the special mice an immune system that fights off cancer, which means that similar genes may exist in humans. Interesting stuff. And in our final item of the day, we reported a couple months back about the red rain of Kerala, India, that some thought might be extraterrestrial organisms. Well, as research continues, it appears that uh, the red rain cells do contain DNA, and it seems they are a type of algae. They're not sure yet whether it's a green uh, algae or whether it's a blue-green algae, which are quite different uh, in in their basic structure, but um, it appears to be of the domestic nature and not from uh, outer space. Kind of too bad, but it's, of course, what, uh, what, you know, we would have expected. That's it for the show. Our thanks again to investigative journalist Greg Pallast. He'll be in San Francisco next week, which we'll remind you of on uh, next week's program, which will include... Our, uh, 
our regular pre-election evaluation of uh, candidates and proposition issues with our resident liberal and our resident conservative. We'll see you next Thursday at 5. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. We now pass from KDVS's public affairs broadcasting to our musical programming to follow.